Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. And today we are going to be talking about a very popular topic that comes up amongst my friends and peers. It also comes up in my, with my clients. And it's something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. So today we're talking all things dating, love and dating in midlife in your 40s and 50s. And I have with me Trevor Brandon Scharf, who is a dating and life coach who found true love and became a first-time first timer in marriage in her 50s. And in reading through all the amazing information that Trevor has out there, she talks about having made all of the dating mistakes <laughs> and gone through all the things and is now kind of an expert on singledom and finding love in, in midlife. So welcome, Trevor. I'm so happy to have you with us. I love the name of your show. <laughs> Thanks. A reminder for just how really smart and badass we all are at this time of life. One thing I do have to mention off the top, because I want all of the listeners to make note of this, Trevor also has a blog called The Late Blooming Bride, and it is fantastic. I love the topics that you cover. I love the honesty with which you cover those topics. It's just real. And so anybody who's listening after the show, we'll make sure we put it in the show notes, but The Late Blooming Bride is an amazing blog. So let's jump in. So I would love to know, um, and all my listeners know, I always start with the story of how you came to do what you are doing and kind of what led up to this place. Because I feel like there's always, you know, a reinvention story in there behind everything that people do. So if you could maybe take us along on that journey. So longish story short, I am a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer and I just did not feel like getting married in my 20s and 30s. I was not interested. I I don't know what I was waiting for, but I was waiting. And I don't know if it was if life was making me wait or I was actually making myself wait. I don't know. All I know is that when I hit 41 to 3, my clock went off and right. I I kind of realized, oh my God, I have not gotten married. And more than that, I have not had a baby. So mm. this is a little bit off another tangent, but yeah. I, I tried to get pregnant because I figured, well, I'm never getting married or I could, I can always get married at some point that I can't have a baby, you know, at any right. age. So I went balls to the wall to try to get pregnant. That did not work. And then the next few years were just hell. They were, I was ready. And nobody else was ready, you know. I had lousy timing. So when I wasn't ready, I had tons of opportunities. And then when I was ready, the dating pool was very shallow Mm. and uh, not very full. And most of the guys I was meeting in my mid to late 40s were divorced, right? Separated, bad time to want to get remarried. Not many of them just did not what they weren't aligned with me, they weren't you know, vibrating on my frequency. I had never been married and wanted to. 
And I just kept striking out, striking out, striking out, 45, 46, 47, 48. I had relationships, but none lasted. They were nice guys. And by the time I was 49 and about to turn 50, I had had it. I had my last breakup and it really did me in. Uh, I was three months from turning 50 and I just threw in the towel. I just thought this is ridiculous. I'm obviously not marriage material. Uh, it's not happening for me. So I'm going to give up. I'm just going to give up and be single. And I was cool with that. I actually kind of made peace with it. You know, life was, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to have a horrible life. I was already having a nice life as a single person. I enjoyed many aspects of being single. It wasn't all misery. Right. I did enjoy a lot of it. And I think something in that, in the releasing it, in the letting go of the dream, you know, of the that thing that I was working so hard for, I just, when I let it go, I think something shifted. And yeah. then I on my 50th or so so I figured well I'm never getting married and I'm never gonna have a wedding so for my 50th birthday I threw a big party for myself because I thought well this is my wedding this is that I'm never gonna have and I invited a ton of people like half of Facebook as I like to say <laughs> and, and one of those guests was Robbie and we had known each other on Facebook we had never met and I said, hey, come to my party. I sent him an invitation. What the hell? Come one, come all. Right. And he showed up. And we went on a date the following week. And then six months later, we got engaged. Wow. That's how it happened. <laughs> I love that story. And like, there's two things that I want to come back to that you said, first of all, which was the part like when you had given up is when it happened for you. And I hear this so often in all kinds of things. It's like, you know, I see this with like friends and with my clients, you know, they find themselves divorced, coming out of a relationship, whatever it is. And then they attack dating and finding a relationship, but like it's their full-time job. And it's like, they just go hard at it. Like it consumes every part of their lives. And then they eventually get to this place where they're like, yeah, okay, this isn't working, which was exactly your story. And then more times than I've heard, it's the same thing where I'm like, okay, I gave up. And it was the same was true for me. Um, coming out of a a relationship after my marriage, which was a total disaster of a relationship. But I was like, okay, this is it. I'm just going to be single. And in fact, when my current partner asked me out, I was so happy being single that I turned him down twice. Like, luckily he's a very persistent man <laughs> and he kept coming back. But I was like, yeah, no, 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 I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just like, I'm focused on me now. And I'm very, very happy where I am. And then all of a sudden it happened. So I love, I love that. So I want to jump into like, what do you think is like the number one mistake that women are making when they get into the dating pool or when they're in the dating pool in their like 40s and 50s. Because like I said, I think a lot of people do kind of attack it, like especially as we become aware of, okay, time is going by. If I'm going to do this thing, I got to do this thing. And so we become even more, you know, focused on it. So like, what would you say in all of your experience, having so much dating experience is kind of the number one mistake that... Uh, I think there, there are two things going that are going against women. I think it's their enemies is bitterness and fear. Mm. Those two are killers. They're just dating killers. And it's really easy when you get to a certain age to get bitter, especially right. if you've been single a really long time. I mean, I really had to fight it. 
you get so disappointed and beaten down by rejection and frustration. It's mm-hmm. very hard to stay encouraged and enthusiastic. And then there's also fear, fear of rejection, fear of being hurt, fear of not being loved, fear of not being attractive or desirable. Those two are just their boner killers. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they are boner killers for men because no one likes that. It's It comes out of your every pore. I mean, you can feel it. It's it's yeah palpable. Um, for sure. So it's really incumbent for single women, particularly in midlife, to stay in the sunshine, you know, to stay in the light, to stay lifted and optimistic as best as possible. And to get there, I find it's not about lowering your standards. It's about lowering your expectations. Mm. Because women Ooh. want what women want. And guess what? It's not perfect, man. It's just, it's never going to be a hundred percent. So I find that that is also a little bit of a a dating killer. You know, the list of the laundry list, I need this, I need that, you know, um, right. You got to really kind of let that one go and open your mind and your heart. Yeah, you mentioned in one of the blog posts, you took a quote from one of the, from a Stone song that you can't always get what you want, but you just might find what you need. And I love that so much because like, I can honestly say that like my current partner was the best gift I didn't know I needed. Right. Right. And I do think that there is, well, I mean, God, it's written in all the dating books, you know, make your list, like, and then check the list. And I feel like we're missing out on so much opportunity to really get to know people Um, on a deeper level when we're kind of going through the list. I am not a big fan of lists. Yeah. I think lists really sort of peg you into a certain thing that you're looking for. And it's almost like it just puts up more obstacles for you. And what you want as a single person is to have a wide open field and, you know, be open. You don't want to, don't make it harder for yourself. And a lot of women do that. And, you know, the truth is women aren't perfect either. You know, I feel like saying that to some of my friends, you know, really, have you taken, have you looked at your own red flags? I mean, seriously. Right. It requires a lot of reflection. I mean, look, I'm all for the theory that you just haven't met the one yet. I am totally, I believe that because I hadn't. So I do believe there is some divine timing to everything. And that when you're ready, when it's right, you do meet the one. And just because you haven't doesn't mean that you're not going to still. However, with that said, there are things to do to move it along. Right. This is where my background as a fitness professional kind of kicks in because I am a self-improvement junkie. I'm a believer. And I do believe that self-reflection and self-improvement are everything. They're everything. You have to have some self-awareness to and and some ability to own your part in it you know maybe you may you might be doing something that is not attractive you might need some tweaks and, and things but there is that thing that is really important self-reflection is is powerful it's incredibly powerful because i heard the quote one time it was actually a mentor of mine said it you attract what you are not what you want Right. And so like, if you're, 
you know, afraid of commitment, if you have, you know, intimacy issues, whatever it is, that's, those are the people that are going to be attracted to you. Right. And then you're wondering why you can't find the thing. Right. When, you know, what is it they say you're supposed to, instead of searching for love, it's to search for all the barriers to love within you. Yeah. It's, there's no magic bullet. You know, the secret is there is no secret. That's what I've learned. (laughs) Right. There kind of isn't. You can, there are so many coaches and people out there claiming and promising to make you irresistible and to make you magnetic. And, you know, I don't know. I kind of, with a grain of salt, you know, it goes along with the lists. It shouldn't be that hard. Right. It shouldn't require that much thought effort. Mm. It's one of those things that, you know, if you're enjoying your life and it's full and you're busy and you're having a great time and you feel good about yourself, that's kind of the most, that's the best attraction, the most, you know, that makes you irresistible to me. Right. When you're not really looking, when you don't really, you know, if it's not going to make or break you, there's an energy that's calm. Yeah. Pure and stable. That's really attractive to people. Right. That's so true. So what do you say to women who come to you? And so there's two things that I hear most often as in I'm too old or there's no good men out there. Like, what do you say to women who come to you with those, with those beliefs? You're never too old and it's never too late. And as for the guys out there, I do believe there are men, good men that want a good woman. I'm sorry. I don't believe they all want a 25 year old. They don't. (sighs) Right. There are some that do, but guess what? They're not your guy. So right. why would you want those anyway? But as far as good men go, it's interesting because I'm always trying to fix up my, I, I'm not a matchmaker, but I kind of end up being one for some reason, just because I guess I'm in the space and I know a lot of people and I deal with this all day long. So there are times when there are lots of single men, like all of a sudden I have a just a plethora of single men. And then than women and and it's it's really interesting there are single great single guys out there but guess what they suffer from the same thing women do you get to a certain age and they're just as bitter and burned out uh-huh. and it goes both ways you know i'd like to, some of these guys i'd like to uh, <laughs> right <laughs> i'd like to throttle them sometimes because they just do stuff that's stupid but hey, we're all human. And humans, they avoid fear and they avoid, they'll do whatever it takes to avoid rejection. Yeah. Lots of men are afraid of, of women, you know, just wanting them to for their money. And I get that. And there are a lot of women that just want, you know, someone to take care of them. Right. You will, you know, at the end of the day, this is the wrong way to put it, but I always say this when two people get together that, there's a pot for every lid. There's a lid for every pot. Right. <laughs> Another favorite, the rocks in her head fit the holes in his. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> There's a million ways to say it, but I would say don't give up. Just keep on with your, keep going with your life. Don't make it the center of your universe. Right. Do not date like your life depends on it because that is when you will not find anybody. Yeah, the energy of fear and desperation is like people are repelled, like they might not even be conscious of it. They might not even know know why, but it is like a repellent. 
to somebody who's looking for a stable relationship for sure. A repellent. Yeah. A man. <laughs> this, is what I'm, this is what I'm saying. It's really hard to breathe and just relax and keep breathing and have some faith and to go on with your life. And I truly believe in dating with intention. You know, you don't want to, it shouldn't, your dating life shouldn't be a free for all. You shouldn't be just, you know, dating riffraff. Um, mm. have, some, have some discernment, have some selectivity, but don't be so focused, so hyper focused that it becomes that, that your happiness hinges on it. It's like to the same people that I would train when I was in the fitness business. I don't like scales for that matter, for that reason. Right. Well, the scale, because a scale determines your happiness levels too much. You know, yeah. that number is going to determine what kind of day you have. And it's sort of, no, it really isn't about the number. It's not really about your weight. It's about how you feel. It's about yeah. you know, how you feel in your clothes and how you feel in your skin. And that's more indicative of someone that is, you know, comfortable and, and content in who they are, not how many dates they go on a week or how well they're doing on the apps or their success levels or how much, you know, it, it's right. I have a friend that is so consumed with her dating life. She can't put her phone down. Mm. He yeah. is addicted to her apps. Right. It gives her a reason to live almost. It is too much. She's just too, it's too, she's too consumed with it. It's like she's mm. obsessed with it. You know, I'm not her coach. She's my friend. So I'm always careful not to give unsolicited. <laughs> right. Right. But if she did ask me, and if she's watching this, I would say, put your phone down, Right. Give it, give it a rest, just give it a rest. You know, don't be on it all day long. It's not going to make or break you. Mm. I think they're just people that are, they're super self-sufficient and independent and can, and are great on their own. And then there are others like my friend who is just needs to be loved. She needs it. She mm. needs it. And, I think, and a lot of it is the, it's this crazy but this rush you get this hit you know when you get when someone swipes on you right or you get matched or someone sends you a thing it's this ego you know boost right and then you start depending on it it's a little like drugs yeah, I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking that exact same thing. It's like the adrenaline hit that you need to just kind of get you over the hump. And then you need another fix when that one dies down, then you need another fix. But I also feel like dating apps are actually built that way, like quantity over quality. Right. And like, like, let me shove like the success of a dating app is to shove as many faces in front of as many faces as possible and check the box where it's actually to me and correct me if I'm wrong, to me, it feels almost counterproductive because now it's a, become a distraction as yes. opposed to, like you said, being very intentional about what you're doing. Yes. Oh, no, no. Yeah. It's built in. They, they, they're not, they're not stupid. Those apps. You know, the technology is addictive and they know that because it's a hit. It's you get this, right. hit, this rush, this, you know, a, a morale boost, an ego boost. Oh, this person finds me attractive. Oh, this person's smiling at me or winking at me or swiped on me. I get it. 
Yeah. And I feel like women as we're aging are probably even more susceptible to that kind of validation because we live in a culture that tells us over and over again that wrinkles and gray hair and aging is not socially acceptable. So, you know, when you're kind of questioning your physicality and then you get on a dating app and you're like, oh, he likes me, he likes me. It's like that validation that we're not getting from the culture that we live in through this now very artificial environment that's just like, you know, pinging on the dopamine receptors in our brains, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. For sure. And I'm all for it. And listen, apps are the way to go, especially during a pandemic. I I know I kind of hard to meet people in, you know, IRL when there's a pandemic and everybody's wearing a mask. I mean, it is possible. I do know people that, didn't slow them down. They were just as active on the apps as they were pre-pandemic. But I'm a big fan of meeting people in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, with the last year, and I'm also a big fan of eye contact and smiling. So it's been a bit of a challenge behind a mask. But I don't think that's the greatest app of all. Making eye contact and smiling at someone, I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's the store or the dry cleaners or the gym or name it. All places that we weren't really hanging out in this year. But that's the best way. And you should add it. It should all be part of your dating toolbox. It's all in there. You you, You can't just rely on apps alone. Man cannot live on bread, water, and apps alone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Apps, get out. I mean, come on. You can walk around the park. You can always chit-chat. You're going to have to, you know, flex those muscles again, ladies. Those flirt muscles or those those just even just those contact muscles. Yeah. Interaction muscles. You know, now we're we're getting vaccinated. People are starting to get out again. You're going to have to get, I know you're a little rusty. But those are my favorite things, getting involved. I may be getting ahead of myself here. I don't know. What no, no. But okay. So while I'm going, apps, happenstance, just wherever you are. Yeah. You know, smile, at, smile at someone. That is the best icebreaker. You. That is your calling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Men don't like rejection. Make it a little easy for someone. Just smile at them. That opens up everything. And then one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Getting involved, you know, deliberately in getting involved and engaged in your world via, you know, volunteering or meetups or groups or things that you're interested in that, that it won't, even if you didn't meet someone, it wouldn't be a waste because you'd be enjoying yourself anyway. That's what's, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you just made a really good point when you said, you know, men don't like rejection. Right. And I feel like sometimes we're so consumed with our own not wanting to be rejected that we are not aware of that. The other person is feeling the exact same thing. And the greatest bridge to connection, right. Is to just like to recognize that and to smile or to maybe open the door a crack as opposed to having the stone cold face. Right. So you smile. It's free. It's cheap. It doesn't cost you anything. You make eye. You smile at someone at the store. Oh my God! I can't. I. It's the best thing you can do. And you just yeah. take a little practice. You know, just walk. And also be very aware of your resting bitch face, which I do. I have to be aware of it. I have to. Even I do because sometimes I catch myself the reflection. Right. And uh, it scares the shit out of me. 
because I just looked terrible. <laughs> so I have to force myself to walk down the street or in the store with just the corners of your just a <laughs> tiny little Mona Lisa smile at wherever you go. Right. Wherever you are, just do it. Walk down the street, even if you're by yourself, because it makes you feel better somehow. Mm. It, it just, I can't tell you, it make, it's really psychological. It really helps. Plus, it just it makes you look more approachable. When you right. A tiny little smile. So watch the resting bitch face. Yeah, because, you know, like I met my partner in actually in the gym. And like I said, I turned him down twice. Like I was like, yep, nope. And I, I can pretty much guarantee you I was probably I was probably not just closing the door. I was like slamming the door right? because I was like, no, I want nothing to do with this. Like I've been burned and I'm not doing this again. And like I said, bless him for being <laughs> for coming over, getting over his own rejection because twice I did it. <laughs> before my friends were like, okay, you really need to give this guy a shot. Like he's come back. Right. But yeah, I can see like that happens, you know, we're so much in our own pain, our own stories, whatever that story is. I'm not lovable. I don't, I suck at relationships. You know, I'm damaged goods, like whatever that is, right. That we're, again, we're, we're so wrapped up in ourselves that we really have no right. space to let the other person in, which is like so important. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, Let's say a woman is coming out of 20 year marriage, you know, newly dumped into the dating pool and you're kind of standing there like shell shocked. You're like, okay, where do I even go from here? You know, maybe jumping headfirst into the dating apps is maybe not the best place to start, but how, what would you say are kind of, where would you start? Like, what's the best way to kind of get yourself oriented to your new surroundings? And yes, apps are where it's at. I hate to say it. And, and, Mm. you know, along with the other things I had mentioned, baby steps, just, just put your toe in the pool, right? Flex those muscles. I I'm telling you, eye contact, smiling, wherever you go is an opportunity. Just take a deep breath, plug your nose and jump, you know, a leap in the net shall appear. As I say, can't be, it, it's, it can't hurt, Put go it. It's going to require a little pain and a little effort. Mm. It does. It does. And you just have to get, you know, okay with that. It's, it's going to be the more effort you put out, the better. And then you just feel like, okay, I've done it. I'm out there. And then you kind of let what's going to happen, happen. That's, that's, there's like a fine line between, like I was saying earlier, being intentional and then being overly focused where it becomes counterproductive and self-defeating. Right, so, right. Uh, there's nothing more attractive than a self-assured woman. Nothing sexier than a confident, true woman. And you may have to fake it a little bit at first. Right. You just may have to. But even, yeah. even in the faking it, it starts to, you build habits. It, yeah. Like you, it builds on itself and suddenly you start feeling it. And so practice and practice. It's going to be scary. It just requires some, a little thick skin and some faith, an open mind. All these things sound really cliche, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. And you just got to accept people for what, you know, the good in people. It's right. not perfect. So in one of your blog posts, I think it was a blog post where you write, I think it was like 15 tough love, get over your ex <laughs> tips for getting over tough love tips for getting over your ex. Like what is like the 
one or two top tips for getting over your ex, especially if you're coming out of a long-term marriage? Like, how do you kind of bridge the gap? <laughs> oh, man, you got to really purge your life of that person. Really bite the bullet and get rid of every little thing that reminds you and triggers you. That's the first thing. Mm. Even as much as just get rid of the contact information, cease all social media, anything that's going to, you just got to go on a detox, like Mm. stone stone cold, hardcore, and you're going to go through withdrawals and, but you don't want to look at them. You don't want to look at their number. You don't want anything to, to really remind you of them in time, in time, you can look back or you can be their friend again, but in the beginning, uh, it's gotta be, you gotta be really ruthless. I mean, savage in terms of your self protection and self preservation. So that's Mm. the first things I would do. Therapy helps getting it out. Mm. Um, but there's a caveat to therapy for me in that I find that talking about it too much can keep it alive. Right. Talking about it, even if it's with friends, be careful of your venting time. Right. Because even talking about it, it gives it power. Yeah. And you don't want to give your ex any more power. The other things I would do, I would journal. I would write. This is what I, I do. This is what I would do after every breakup. I would do a thought dump, which is a form of journal writing. Mm-hmm. You take a page of paper and you write stream of consciousness, just go all the way to the bottom. Don't go back. Don't reread it. Don't edit it. Just get it all out, all of your anger, all your feelings, and then weave into there also at the same time. It shouldn't, I mean, it should be a dump, but it also also should be an opportunity to include self-love and affirmation in there. So get out what you have to about the X and then refill that, that tank with, I'm great. I know what I've got. Yeah. I know who I am. Yeah. I'm pretty fucking awesome. I yeah. That's really good. And then I do a kind of a guided visualization meditation anyway, just at any time, because I find it to be really therapeutic, but I sit on the couch and I do a form of mindfulness, mindfulness-based stress reduction. And I add in my own like a, it's like a stew. I add in my own flavors and right. start. It's a 10 minute meditation where you just sit quietly and you do a body scan and you close your eyes, you take some deep breaths and you kind of check in with your body parts, start with your feet, all work up, check in, check in, check in, you know, relax, 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 relax my face, relax my jaw, relax the space between my eyebrows. And then uh, with my eyes closed, I kind of go into gratitude. What am I grateful for? And I see them in my mind, mind's eye, the things that I'm grateful for, the people, the friends, the family, mm-hmm. my health. Mm-hmm. Then that goes into forgiveness. And then I think of the people that I need to forgive and I see them in my mind's eye. And then I almost see them as like a little circle, like a picture, like a profile picture. And then I crumple it up and then I flick it away. Or I see them visually, I see them get into a hot air balloon. Oh, yeah, I like that one. And I untie the ropes and I see them float away and I send them off with love. 
And then I, that kind of transits. And this is not, you're not looking at the clock. It just kind of, whenever you feel like moving on. Right, right. Forgiveness work. And then into self-affirmations, which to me is like, I almost see it on a, um, a blackboard. And I just see words that make me feel good about myself. You're, or sentences. Yeah. You're awesome. You're great. Uh, you can do this. Uh, yeah. You're lovable. You're wonderful. Whatever. I mean, just go, it sounds again cliche and corny, but I'm telling you, it works. I will 100% attest to that because that is exactly how I have navigated my own breakups. And the only thing that I would add on forgiveness is forgiveness of myself. Yes. I didn't realize how powerful that was for all of the things, the things that I didn't do, the things that I didn't say, the opportunities that I maybe abandoned myself in favor of somebody or something else, right? Like for all of those things, like I found that so incredibly powerful And it was interesting as I started journaling, you know, my, and like journaling is everybody who's listened to this podcast know I am a massive advocate of journaling. In fact, there's going to be an old chicks, no shit journal come out very soon, but just like, as I started to journal my own forgiveness, I was shocked at the things that were coming out, like how much there was that I was carrying around that I hadn't forgiven myself for. It is powerful. Forgiveness whether you're giving it or getting it is to yourself is mm-hmm. a, it's a life changer. It, it really is. You, you know, the thing about forgiveness, it's, it, they say it all the time. It's like uh, the poison drinking poison and, you know, expecting the other person to die or something. Yeah, exactly. For me, it was like clearing um, giant boulders off my path. Yeah. And I have so much to forgive in myself because there were a lot of times in my late blooming journey, and I have to say this because sometimes part of the late blooming journey is fraught with mistakes and fails, but that's the journey, you know, for people like me that might have gotten started a little later, uh, there was a lot of self-loathing when I look back on, oh, Jesus, I should have done that. And I should have done that. And I made that mistake. And I, I squandered that opportunity and I wasted time. And that's a lot of shaming. Yeah. 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 You got to release that. That's forgiveness because you cannot carry that around with you. You must release that immediately. That's part of of your self-care and your regimen as a single person. If you're getting back into the dating pool, there's a whole bunch of baggage you have to let go of. Oh, you know, I forgot the ending of my thought dump Mm -hmm. um, just to finish. So you get to the end of the page and you've gotten everything out. You crumple it up. Do not reread it and you throw it away. Yeah. You do that as many as for as many days as you need to, particularly after in the in the first few days of a breakup when you need sort of emotional triage. Yeah. When you're just raw and in pain, the you know, you want to get past that as soon as possible and start to form a little bit of a scab. Yeah. Those are my things I do. And then to follow up with just the last things about the meditation, the final thing I do, and this should take 10 minutes about-ish. You just open your eyes and it happens to be 10 minutes have elapsed. The last thing in the meditation I do is to see myself, visualize myself, some in my future self, doing something I'm proud of. Love that. <laughs> um, accomplishing something, you know, some project that I've been putting off or seeing myself, whatever. That's yeah. a really important part of it. You actually see yourself doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. So, so powerful. Yeah. That's other, another practice that I... And, you know, there are other things that uh, post breakup, uh, spend time with friends, 
spend time, have a, a friend of the opposite sex, just a platonic guy friend to hang out with. That really helps. Anything that's healing and thartic uh, and therapeutic and that brings you peace, I'm all for. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Those are great tips. One last question. And I was really intrigued by this. You wrote something that said, never let a, a relationship go to waste. What do you mean by that? A bad relationship. A bad, right. A bad relationship is a terrible thing to waste. Yes. Okay. Those are your words. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, all the bad ones I had, and I had a million, they're like roadkill. <laughs> they all got me further down the road. They, they, in their own way, some of them were terrible and devastating and, you know, destroyed me. Some not so much. Some were just like little blips and I got over them pretty quick, but they all somehow advanced my life, mm. my life. They're never a waste. If you don't learn from it, it's a waste. If you don't take right. that moment to reflect, which you know, I'm big on and ask yourself, what part did I have in this? Am I responsible mm. for anything? Most of the time, it's the other person. But with that said, you do have a little, you know, you're not totally off the hook. Right. Somewhere there's a lesson. Somewhere there yeah. is a gem, a pearl of wisdom that you can get from it. So, and it, it'll take a little bit. It's not like immediately you're going to, you know, I also wrote another uh, blog. I think it was titled, One Day You Will Thank the Ex the the ex that dumped you. Mm, yeah. One day you will thank the ex that dumped you and it won't happen tomorrow and it will not happen next week, but I'm telling you it will happen. And you know, it will happen because you'll look at that person and you'll be able to smile. You'll either be able to be their friend again, or you will thank them Yeah. They got you to the next place in life. Yeah. Or they got you to your next love. Yeah. In fact, I just had a conversation with my ex-husband a few months ago that literally was us both agreeing that things had to play out, that the way they played out for us to be the people that we are now, and now we are really good friends. And so I actually, in all honesty, I don't actually believe that anybody is a late bloomer because I honestly think you get the lessons that you need along the way. And like the whole concept of being late is I think a societal construct that says you must hit this milestone by this point, this milestone by this point, which really is irrelevant <laughs> to you as a person and the growth that you need to have. So I think everybody blooms exactly right on time. You bloom when you're supposed to. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, like I can just look at back on my life and I did everything a little bit later than most of my friends. I just did. I developed later. I experimented later. I got married later. That's just my rhythm. It's yeah. not right. It's not right or wrong, good or bad. It's just who I am. I had to kind of, you know, get yeah. make peace with it. I had to accept it. This is just my pace. Yeah. Yeah. So, As I'm, yeah, I, I, I too consider myself a late bloomer in so many things. Like I often, like sometimes I'll catch myself saying, God, I wish I'd known this in my twenties. Like that would have been helpful. But then I'm like, Oh, well, it wasn't the time. Right. So it, and, yeah. And who knows? Had I gotten married sooner, I probably would have been divorced. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But, uh, it, things tend to happen when they're supposed to. But like I said, there are things to do to move it along. For sure. I don't, for sure, I, for I, sure. I don't believe in just passive. I mean, it's just, this is again, where my, my fitness thing comes in. There's always room for improvement. Yeah. hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, you have to take care of yourself. There will be effort. Yeah. And yeah. you know, 
Yeah, that's true. We can't all just like sit around on the couch and wait for everything to fall into our lap. Like you have to take the right action to get the things that you want 100%. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Somewhere yeah. between effort and acceptance is, is the magic. The sweet spot. Somewhere in there. It's like self-improvement versus self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Effort versus faith. Oh, yeah. In there is, is the sweet spot. It's the magic. So you put a little in of, of each, and then ultimately you do have to detach. You have to detach from the outcome. That is, you know, we were talking about this at the, the top of the show or before we went on. I write my stuff. I do my stuff. If not in hopes of getting more viewers or subscribers or followers, I just do it. I put it out there. I put it out there, the best of what I have. And if I happen to get a viewer or a follower or a fan or a subscriber, fantastic. Mm-hmm how you operate as a single person you know you just Mm. do your best you put forth effort above and beyond that you just say okay i've done i'm this is me this is as good as it's gonna get and i'm happy with that and you will attract the right person who who vibrates who aligns with you on that frequency Um, yeah Oh, that is so, 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 so good. I love it. I, that is an incredible way to end the show. So how can people find more of you? So you also host a podcast with your husband, right? Yeah. That is, it's called Done Being Single. Cool. We have slowed down a lot during the pandemic. We weren't recording nearly as often and, and frequently also because I lost both of my parents. Oh, last wow. Year. Oh, in one year? Both of them? Within four months of each other. Oh, my goodness. I am so sorry to hear that. Thank you. So last year was a beast. It was a bitch. Wow. That's a lot. So I didn't write as much, and I we definitely didn't record as much, but we still do, and we've got an incredible library content, and we've had the most incredible guests with you could just listen for hours. I was, I was going back in it the other day because I'm writing, I'm putting the finishing touches on a, a book. I just, oh, wrote, amazing. I just wrote a self-help memoir and I devote a chapter of it to done being single to the podcast. And I was listening to some of the episodes because I want to include some of the highlights. I got to say, we did a great job. It is just some great content. It's great dating advice. It's life advice. It's great. And then my, me, you can find me at my website, which is trevabrandonsharf.com. Okay. And you can find me on social media at Treva B. Me. Carrie B. Me. The letter B. Me. And I've got, just go to my website. There's so much, there's so much content there. I've got gazillions of blog posts and interviews kind of like this. I've done summits. Yeah. So much information, so much wisdom. And then if you want to work with me, I talk about my, you can find out about my coaching services. And I don't know, man, it's all up there. Perfect. We will put it all in the show notes. So everybody can, we'll put all the links in the show notes so everybody can find that. But this has been an incredibly inspiring interview. I'm sure my listeners will think of it that way. And I definitely want to have you back when your book comes out, because I think there's just, there's probably some really, really good nuggets in there. In fact, I can't wait to read it. (laughs) Yeah. And we will uh, definitely have a conversation about the book. Thank you for telling me, giving me feedback, because I'm speaking from my heart. I'm speaking from my personal experience, what worked for me. A lot of what I talk about is 
might sound, you know, esoteric and sort of metaphysical and, you know, yeah. not really like tangible. I'm telling you, it's test driven. I know this shit works, everybody. I know that it does. And the, the cool thing about everything I'm telling you is that it doesn't take a lot of money or it doesn't take a lot, a ton of effort and time. It's the hardest work you'll ever do is the letting go part. Mm. It's hard to release your death grip. Right. On dating. <laughs> that, that, I'm telling you, is the equivalent of doing a million bicep curls. Letting go is just as hard yeah. as holding on. So if you yeah. keep that in mind and remember these words, because, you know, you may just shake your head and go, I don't know what she's talking about. And I can't do that. Yes, you can. And it's yeah. really easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, everything that you shared, I don't think is too woo woo or metaphysical for this audience, for sure. This is, this is my jam. I love this stuff. So <laughs> I share it often. And I think the world needs this more now than ever before. Like if there was ever a time, we need it. Yes, because yes. And we're all looking for connection right now. Mm -hmm. Right now, if if 2020 taught us anything, it's, I mean, people are even more, they want to date even more. And I'm sure the apps are going nuts right now. But I'm, I just really believe in detaching from the outcome. You do your best, you put your best face forward, be your, the best version of yourself and then let that shit go, man. Just, just let, you did it. Yeah done your work yeah and and now you need to trust yeah you trust exactly yeah amazing 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 thank you so much for this conversation and to anybody listening would love to hear your feedback on this episode and uh yeah again thank you so much treva you are awesome you are awesome you know your shit (laughs) i know some shit Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.